Oh yeah, midnight showings when you're the only uh, when you drive with your own car to the midnight release of a book and everybody else there is underage and with a parent, then you know that there is something wrong with you. <laughs> hey there, this is Nancy the Seal from Plus Size Nerd, and today I am talking to Monica in the center and Hello. Amanda on the end. Hello from Geek Herring. Yay! Yay. Lovely women who are sweet enough to interview me recently for a podcast, so I wanted to return the favor and talk to them about their amazing podcast and message. First of all, before I even get to any questions, congratulations on 7,000 downloads. Ooh, thanks so Thank much. You. That is a big deal. Yeah, we're having, I would say we had a few because we had a break during over Christmas and the beginning of January was a bit lower, but now suddenly I don't know what's happening in June. It's just the numbers taking are off. yeah, it's taking off. That's Six. great. Yeah. So what inspired the two of you to start Geek Herring? <laughs> this is a funny story. And we can take it in turns telling it, I think. So my fiance, then boyfriend, um, started a podcast with a group of his friends. And so it was like five, five male, five white males all got together to talk about like nerdy things. And it's awesome. And I'm so happy for them. And then Monica comes in like a wrecking ball, listens to the first episode. And well, uh, I made a friend, like I made very I let my asshole card flies, basically what happened, because <laughs> instead of congratulating them, how awesome I find it, because I really did, I was like, yes, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to, I'm so excited. And then they had the first episode and my first comment was, but why are there no girls? <laughs> so I had no idea. Like I wasn't even too privy to whatever was going on in the back end. So I, uh, I didn't know, or I wasn't aware that it was just the five dudes. And then I was like, all the stuff they're talking about, we could talk about this well. So I was like, why are there no girls? And then Tom was a bit upset because I was so mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I felt really bad about. I know because I totally jumped on the bandwagon and I was like, yeah, why are there no girls? Tom? Monica, <laughs> let's start our own podcast. Like screw those guys. We don't need them. Let's start our own. And then Tom was like, did you like my show? <laughs> yeah, it was really, it was really, it wasn't the fi my finest moment for sure. <laughs> no. Well, how did you come up with the name? It's a very unusual, memorable, cool name. Well, we were like, okay, well, if we're going to start a podcast, let's figure out what we're going to name it, right? And we sat together, I think we must have been there for about two hours over Zoom, like, oh how the hell are we gonna name like we it, it's, it can't be like geek girl podcast that's lame what's it gonna <laughs> be so like we started like looking through all these words like what's another word for like a, a cool woman and anyways long story short we found an article with 1950s gangster slang and <laughs> a herring is a 1950s gangster slang term for an incorruptible woman and we were like um that's it <laughs> It is? That's yeah. Awesome. yeah. Right. We thought the time was great, like 1950s or whatever it was. And then also in relation to red herring, which was kind of synonymous to that. So we're like, the, the combination of all of that is actually really great. Mm -hmm. Despite not being super excited about the fish thing. <laughs> but we're making it our own now. We are. <laughs> Why did you pick a podcast as opposed to a blog or live 
I don't know, weekly lives or YouTube or something like that? Because it's <laughs> a good question. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you were Amanda is generally part of this um, network who was already having a lot of podcasts in them. So I think that was mm. number one, the, the the first step where it was like that was she was already really close to the thing itself that that we didn't even have a lot of thoughts about that initially and also because we basically copycatted that other, yeah we were like that other your podcast sucks there's no women we're gonna start our own podcast <laughs> so that wasn't even the question whether or not we should do blogs or we should do mm -hmm. live streams or something like that so that was just sold right from the start cool and we just now start to go more into also streaming it live so um, which is really a lot of fun, to be fair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, why um, haven't we been doing this the whole time? Yeah, awesome. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Um, uh, so you, when you say live, you mean on Twitch, is that right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because who's the bigger gamer, Monica or Amanda? Well. No, the other way around. I mean. <laughs> I think, I think I am the more versatile gamer. Yes. So Moni is the bigger addict. Like <laughs> the bigger uh, binger. She, binger, mm. yeah. Like Moni yeah. gets a game and he will play like six hundred hours of that game. And I'm like, oh I've in that time I've played like a couple hours of Warcraft, a couple hours of Diablo. I've also played Animal Crossing and I've looked in this game and that game and this game. Like I definitely have like game ADHD, whereas Monica's like, No, it's all this game, all the <laughs> fucking time. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm or nothing. Yeah, I'm much yeah. more like Monica. It's hard for me. I, I can only like focus one at a time and I've got to finish it. Like I can't yeah. leave the game unfinished. <laughs> I honestly just recently start to finish games. Like in my youth, I never really finished them. I don't know what, it, because what I figured out now is that I had a very specific kind of picture in my head when I thought about how you have to game so you weren't allowed like you would have to figure everything out on your own and if you don't then basically that's it right uh, so and back in the days when all the games when I was still young came out then there were only these these solution books that you could get you could buy and there was no internet where I could just let me just look that solution up real quick so mm -hmm. so for me I just started a lot of things but never finished anything and just in the last couple of years when I started to play a bit more I was so irritated when I finished my first game because I was like it's done now it's done it's my first game that I ever finished and I'm like I'm over 30 <laughs> now what happened um and now I allow myself to do it more the way I just want to do it because if I just can't figure out that puzzle then I'm looking it up and I'm solving it like that and the next one I might figure out on my own and that's fine so I had to give myself the the permission to play however I fucking want to play it right there are probably there's probably a gaming community that feels like using a guide or YouTube videos or something like that is yeah, cheating sure. or not real or whatever but you know what <laughs> Like I whatever mean, makes it fun for you, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Yeah. With geek hearing, what is it that you? We get the geek, and I love <laughs> the hearing <laughs> part of it. So, what are what are you putting out there? What is the message that you want people to take away? I mean, the big. I think what we want to do or what we are doing first and foremost is bringing awareness to the experience of women in geek culture. Um, so it's like feminism in geek culture is, is where we're at. Um, and 
I don't know, like just trying trying to change the perception of of women in geek culture. Um, believe it or not, our some of our biggest fans are men. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's awesome. They're definitely our most vocal fans as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. And so it's really cool because they're like, oh, I've never thought of it like that, or like, oh, you're really opening my eyes. And like my fiance Tom, he's like um, a huge ally, and he's a huge feminist now. Mm-hmm. Like he he's standing up like for things that he's like oh no they shouldn't have said it like that or and and calling people out and i'm like yes this this is this is what we're doing this is the reason we're doing it Mm, that is so cool what are what have you run up against times when in the geek world you know you have felt less than welcome like i have been very lucky yeah, I have been very lucky because I only started gaming like online really when I was with Tom or since mm. I've been with Tom. Like I've been a lifelong gamer, but I've been a console gamer that didn't game online. So I was like, yes, Super Nintendo forever, like every single day. <laughs> um, so I, I will say I have been very, very lucky that like I've just come in and like gone where Tom's gone and Tom knows some pretty legit people. So I haven't encountered too much myself. That's nice. It's very nice, and I definitely realize that I am privileged in that, um, that I don't have a lot of negative experiences. Mm. How about you, Monica? Yeah, basically the same. Like, especially in the gaming situation, I also, I'm a console gamer, so I've never played PC games, um, really, because also I stopped having one. (laughs) So, Mm. so, uh, and on the Mac, they weren't really very advisable to have and Mm-mm. never did it on that so i was always a console girl yeah. um, and you don't multiply on consoles like for a very long time uh, and when they, you started to do it then that, that was the time where i didn't play as much and nintendo also was my go-to console so they were never really super awesome on their multiplayer aspect still still aren't quite but um that's why i didn't really have the typical experiences that you can hear people having and hear girls having where they don't dare to be on voice chat because guys get get irritated or or stuff like that so that was never something that i personally experienced but we definitely uh, hear a lot of those those stories yeah i think hearing those stories also um makes women feel like maybe they don't belong there like because Mm -hmm. the the stories where women aren't experiencing that are not as loud as the Mm -hmm. ones that people like oh it's all harassment like you know i love gaming but i just get shit on all the time um so it's really it it can be off-putting as a especially as like a woman in your 30s or something who's maybe experiencing like the geeky and gaming culture for the very first time um it can be certainly off off-putting so i think that that's something else that we're doing with geek caring is like helping give those women like permission to be geeks yeah um and really embrace that side of themselves that maybe they haven't thought of that before yeah yeah, that's great. I love that. That's such a great point that um, the you only hear the bad stuff. The sque- the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? The news mm-hmm. is only picking up, you know, when like Gamergate, for instance. Um, but they're not oh, yeah. reporting on, hey, you know, this many more women joined, you know, this World of Warcraft in the last month, and they're having mm-hmm. a great time, and they're big buddies. Yeah. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, here uh, locally, where I live, the the high schools have esports, and nice. there are there are our local high school. There's I think one girl out of twenty, 
Mm. And uh, my daughter is an excellent gamer. She's very, very good. She's just going into high school, and I'm begging her to join. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, that's so not my thing because she just wants to play. You know what I mean? She doesn't want to have to deal with people. Mm. <laughs> play like Overwatch and um, League of Legends and stuff like that. And she's great at Overwatch. But we, so we follow esports here in the house because of that. And I was so upset that there was a huge, you, I don't know if you guys got, heard the news or saw it. Um, there was a huge tournament um, in last, like a year ago, maybe last summer. And out of the top 100 players, there wasn't a single female. Mm. I yeah. think there are various leagues where it's more, in t I mean, clearly every league has an underrepresentation of women in them. So there are almost no women there. Um, and but I also feel that some are particularly hard to 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 get into. Like I feel Overwatch could be something, or League of Legends could be something where it's pretty toxic. Also, what I heard recently is like Smash Brothers, like the ultimate thing, um, that can also be pretty toxic. In Hearthstone, we have like a few of them, for example, where also the winner of the grand thing, what is it, Grandmasters, mm -hmm. was indeed a woman. So um, excellent. She and not the, uh, not the grandmasters that was the hearthstone masters master, yeah. masters yeah whatever we watched at blizzcon i'm not too yeah. blizzardy <laughs> um but she, the girl won something and her speech to the audience she's a chinese vk lion and her speech to the audience was basically that wherever she showed up at every competition the guys told her that she doesn't belong here yeah. and in the end she won um the competition in general so i'm like yeah fuck you all <laughs> good for her yeah so well, i think you, it definitely about um the like gaming companies for instance one of the reasons it took a long time for women to really i mean women make up half at least the gamers who are buying yeah. games um <clears throat> but for the longest time women were playing games where there were no female characters to choose from there in some games there still aren't and years ago I went to a um, wizard world con here and I went to a gaming panel with my son it and they were from blizzard mm -hmm. and I of course embarrassed my son totally because I stood <laughs> up and said like why aren't there more female characters I think one of the reasons more women aren't playing or talking about playing is because we're not represented that aren't and mm -hmm. There, it was a chicken and the egg kind of thing. Their response was, well, if we put in female character, you know, we're trying to sell, like, our customer base is male, and we're trying, and I was like, mm. <laughs> So how do you feel about that whole chicken egg thing? Do you think it's the onus is on the companies more to create games that, you know, women are drawn to, or do you think it's the onus is on women to be, you know, yelling or saying like, hey, make games for us or make characters for us. I think it's definitely <laughs> something that the companies should do on, out of their own merits. It can't be that we can always be the ones who have to shout for wanting to be there. Like we can't, like we're already shouting like on every corner that we want to have a seat on the table whatever seat it is it's not only the gaming seat that we want the seat on the table on we don't want the seat to we don't want to take a seat away from anyone we just want to sit on the freaking table and it can't always be that we could we are the ones who are like but we want to be in this one we want to be in this one how many 
women do you experience in your everyday life? Why are they not represented in the game? So I think that's up on companies to also include people, in, include women, include people of color, include LGBTQIA people, include all of the people you see when you go through your everyday life. And that's just a very lame and lazy argument to say, but our audience is mainly male. It's not. It, it really isn't. They might have played different games when it all started out, because in one of our very first episodes, we looked at that and yes, mm. some people played more Pac-Man, like girls played something else more than other things, but you have to make it welcome for people to also be more vocal about it and also not discriminate against people who openly say that they're doing this something they enjoy why are people shitting on people for something that they enjoy and why can't they also enjoy the same thing and just celebrate that instead of i don't know saying no but it's mine only and you have no place here yeah yeah absolutely you mentioned um that you uh covered some of that in one of your first episodes what are some of your uh favorite episodes that you've done or top downloaded <laughs> or something like that well, coincidentally, my favorite episode happens to be our top downloaded episode. Um, <laughs> that is true. I'm not sure why it why it is, but I'm not going to say no to it. Um, so it's the one that um, we did about the author Robin Hobb. Um, I don't know if you've heard of her, but she wrote a very big series, um, basically of trilogies. So it was like a three trilogies, a quadrilogy, followed by a trilogy, all in the set in the same world, following the same person's life. Um, and it was like, it meant everything in the world to me. Um, and I cried on the episode and like, it was just, it, that's definitely my favorite episode we've ever recorded. Um, yeah. Because I finally got to talk all my feels over all these books. And yeah, then seeing it as the most downloaded, I'm like, yay, the tears were worth it. <laughs> I think it's an underdog episode because it's not a, a a series that you know a lot, but I think whoever knows it is like very, very fond of it. So I think that's yeah. what drives the audience to that specific episode because there's not a lot out there. So if people look that up, I think we're easy to find. And I think that's also the reason why that has so many downloads and we don't have a lot of competition in that for that specific episode is my assumption why the downloads are so high. And also the because we're also in Hob. Robin Hobb. I'm looking it up. <laughs> oh, you're going to love it. She made me you're read gonna it. You're going to love it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I well, I made you read the first one. And you did the rest of it all on your own. Well, 16, 16 books in like, what, three months or so. Yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah, that's me. Being, like, my binging mentality is very. It's not well, as restricted to games. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's very elaborate in everything in my life. So that's why I'm like, yeah, that was amazing. And I read through all of them. And it was really, like, really, really great series. Also very diverse in, <clears throat> with the characters and all. It was just, was really great. Highly recommended. So if you're into fantasy, it's fantasy, right? Yeah, it is. That's something you should definitely go ahead and read. Cool. How about you, Monica? What's your favorite episode? What's my favorite episode? That is really a tricky question. Always, no, it is. <laughs> I mean, we. What I really enjoy is when we go where we also don't really want to go. <laughs> so you have uh, to explain that. I'm not. Yeah, calling. we we had there was this incident about a specific game, which basically was also called it was called rape game or something, and a guy um, developed a game where you could 
And it was also available on Steam, so you could already buy it or something for a short period of time. Um, and where you could basically very visually rape women and kill everyone and all that stuff. And and there were zombies. And there were zombies, yeah. Yeah, rape and zombies. Yeah. Uh. And we went, like, we, we were like, we can't kind of not, we cannot not talk about it. And it was a tough conversation that we had. Um, but I think it was worth to go there. Like we try with everything that we do not to always be like, yeah, but this is shit <laughs> because that's not a conversation that leads us anywhere. So we try no, to, constructive. yeah, even though we might get to the conclusion that something is shit, <laughs> but we try to at least, um, give it room and t- talk it through and try to argument why we think that's not appropriate. Mm. Um, and and why that's that's just because the guy also had arguments and all that so we tried to look at all of that and and see yes there is there is gore and there is there is murder and everything in games and yes but there, there's still a line and we tried to argument why you should not cross that one and why it's an issue um so that was a hard but good episode yeah that mm. is uh meaty very meaty yeah and i agree yeah there is a line i and plus i would think that that is a slippery slope because once Mm -hmm. something like that is allowed then other horrible things would come out of Mm -hmm. the work probably and nobody needs that that shouldn't happen (laughs) so what games are you guys playing right now Well, I'm done quickly. I'm solely playing Animal Crossing at the moment. <laughs> so I have like 600 and something hours in the game. So my <laughs> island still looks spread, right? You have a big ranch. Well, no, my island looks shit right now. So it's <laughs> <laughs> like I, 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 I like terraformed everything to the ground again. And I'm, my houses are all standing on the beach and I'm standing on an open canvas. And I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Why did I do this? But yeah, that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Amanda? I am also playing Animal Crossing, but I think I, in the time that Monica's got 600 hours, I've got like 140. So there's a good comparison there. Um, I'm also playing World of Warcraft um, mm. a little bit. I don't have anything to do. Uh, so I'm farming mounts. So it's really exciting. <laughs> I'm playing Diablo 3. Um, starting the new season next week with a group of friends. Um, you do like to dabble. I do. I Those are probably the three games I'm mainly playing. I was like playing Slate, Slate Aspire the other day because somebody on stream was watching or playing it. And I was like, oh, got that itch. So in there I went and yeah, I'm just kind of all over the place, really. Mm-hmm. What's the first time in in either your childhood or your your teens that you remember really geeking out about something that kind of kicked you off? So I was uh, a Nintendo gamer when I was like a kid. I think I got a Nintendo for my fifth birthday. So like 1991, got the Nintendo and I, that started it really. But I think the first time that I really, really geeked out about something was when I got the Super Nintendo. I bought it for myself with babysitting money for, it was either 25 or $50 at Walmart. And I was so excited. I was living in in Pennsylvania at the time and I was so excited. I was like, I bought this with my own money and got Donkey Kong and I played Donkey Kong um, 
we I had like I was so lucky as an only child. I had like a little suite of rooms. So I had like a bedroom, a bathroom, and off the bathroom was like a little den. And like I was just in there all the time playing like Mario or Donkey Kong. And I just, that was when the geek fire was well and truly lit. Like, yeah. Yeah. How about you, Monica? Well, I think there's a difference between starting to be a geek and then dating the flag fly. So, um, I mean, I definitely, like, my parents also got me all the gaming consoles and they had a, I was one of the few who, few who had it back in the days and um, had a, played a lot of Game Boy and jumped through a lot of hoops to rescue Princess Peach but never did and all of that. So I did that quite intensively, the, the, the Game Boy situation, but I never really wasn't, was too... I wouldn't say open, like, of course, I was open about it, but it was not something that was so consciously on my mind that this is something very geeky. Um, where I probably lost my shit is when I had read the Harry Potter books, because that oh. was just, that was, and I didn't even start it when they came all, when they all came out and got famous, but popular. And I was like, what is, what is this thing? What is even happening? And then we had a Chinese exchange student so from Hong Kong, basically, and she never read any books and started to read the Harry Potter books. And I'm like, if someone who doesn't read books at all starts to read something that long, then I'm like, maybe I should just give it a try. Uh, and then, well, that, that ended it for me. <laughs> <laughs> then I went to role play things and sew my own. Uh, well, I didn't sew my own. I made a, a robe. I had someone make a robe for me and all. And then it was when I was already 17. So I'm like, yeah, that's so in hindsight, that was probably where I just let it all out and let it all fly. How old were you when you started reading the books? 16. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm. I was 14 when I started reading them as, as well. Yeah. Um, Cause I had just moved back to Canada and had a group of friends and they're like, have you read Harry Potter? And I was like, Harry Potter's lame. Cause that's all that <laughs> anybody ever said like in Pennsylvania. And they were like, what? No, Harry Potter's awesome. Read it. And like, they kind of slid me the pris or the philosopher's stone, like across the table, like read it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, if you think it's good. Anyways, like that year, I think the first film came out, like the philosopher's stone film came out and I was dressed up for the midnight showing. I was, mm. so yeah, definitely well and truly hooked. Oh yeah, midnight showings when you're the only, uh, when you drive with your own car to the midnight release of a book and everybody else there is underage and with a parent, then you know that there is something wrong with you. <laughs> I feel you, I've been there, I feel you. Oh, I can't. Yeah. yeah, there is a different kind of situation happening between me and those books compared to everyone else around <laughs> here. So, so that was where I was kind of more aware of that. Yeah, maybe that's just not what everybody else does. <laughs> you know, there's something about well, obviously, there's something about those books, but each person, depending on when you read them and how you read them, like. Mm. Were you around when you had to wait for them to come out yeah. or did you just get to binge on them? Mm -hmm. You really do develop a really personal kind of connection with them. And, yeah. and then if you wait 10, 20, 30 years probably and read them again, you would probably come from a totally different perspective yeah. and form a different kind of relationship with it. I did go back and read it like two years ago or something. And 
it's just such a weird feeling that these books give me that I can't really quite put my finger on it, what it is. Like, it just makes me go back in time and everything is great back then and life wasn't as it is right now and 2020 being the longest century of the world or whatever, or whatever <laughs> it was two years ago. So so that's just all out of the question at that moment. It was out of the, it's just out of it, kind of. It just, it puts you in a place where everything is whole and awesome and different. Um, though I think now, reading them now with everything going on, I think I would again have a totally different viewpoint on everything. So I'm um, like, I kind of, I dread it and I don't know if I will do it just now, but yeah, no. who knows? I completely agree. There's, I, I think every day I tell myself, I really need to read those books again, mm. except that it's kind of, there are three things in my life like this, the Harry Potter books, Game of Thrones and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. They were so huge to me and I went through so much with them and it yeah. was, you know what I mean? Like so cathartic that I can't bring myself to go back and start over again because it was just so much the first time. <laughs> yeah. Like, put myself through again. yeah. It was just so huge. Yeah. Mm. So I completely get that. Um, so when you said role-playing, were you like LARPing kind of a thing or? Well, I mean, I had a friend, uh, like I met like my best friends online through the Harry Potter communi community and they were living at a place where they had, and we were in a fan club, like in an online fan club, and they organized uh, yeah, live action role play basically where they rented a, a castle and you went there with ropes and you had lessons. And because my friend was also living really close by, that's why I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to go. I mean, they didn't go there, but I went there and I, yeah we stayed in a room and I was the Ravenclaw head and all that crap. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But that was just like over a weekend or something. So not like yeah. the hardcore LARPing where people do it like occasion, like all the time for months and months and months. Right, but it was right. just for that specific like a weekend or so, two or three days. And yeah, we stayed in a, in a castle, had food, had lessons, had ropes. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was, in hindsight, it was pretty epic. <clears throat> when I tell it to my boyfriend, he just looks at me like I've lost my shit, but yeah. <laughs> he does that anyway, so. He does that anyway, that is true. <laughs> Do the two of you play Wizards Unite? No. No? No. No. Um, we tried. Oh, okay. We tried, um, and <laughs> it was, I was going through, like, so much data like oh, I, oh. I, I would play Pokemon Go. Um, that's something, and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm so excited for Harry Potter. Like for Wizards Unite, this is gonna be amazing. Um, and I just like played it for ten minutes or something, and I saw how much data it used. I was like, oh dear, what? Um, and now with everything, even compared to Pokemon Go, it was more. Oh yeah. Oh, oh wow. it's, okay. it's like four or five times as much data for the same amount. This was like back when it first came out. Oh, I was yeah. like, holy crap like yeah. this is this is just insane like the amount of data it's taking up um and now honestly i'm not playing it because i don't want to like, give the author any money mm -hmm. ah ah i see yeah. um my <clears throat> my guess about that is that she's already been paid uh in licensing fees <clears throat> oh she Warner brothers and niantic are making the money <laughs> like she got she... paid 10 years ago or something and now they're the ones raking it in or something but we had we had a um the gaily prophet on our podcast and oh, yeah. they 
they did research and oh. she even gets money from everything you consume in the wizarding world and all the all the shows and she gets money from just accessing potamore even though there mm -hmm. isn't there are no ads on potamore she gets access from every person who is on that website so i think she's getting way more money than we think she does oh mm -hmm. just access yep. to potamore yeah yeah so if you go on the website and look stuff up then she's already getting paid that makes me think that Pottermore is um, selling that information because how else would they make money? With... I mean, with the stat, yeah, with the stats. I don't know the the volume. Yeah, yeah. creepy. Maybe she yeah. just kind of has a very good contract <clears throat> that uh, puts something in place that, however many people are on, she gets money from it, despite them making money with it. Yeah. How are you guys doing with that? Being able to separate her from the work? How how are you? How are you with that? <laughs> Initially, like when this kind of the first the, the first slash second time this happened, and I was I didn't know how to approach it. And then after we spoke with the Gailey Prophet last summer, gosh, that was, that, that was almost a year ago already. Um, it was like Hogwarts is still your home, and we just need to reclaim it because yes, she wrote it. Um, she created the world, but we really made it our own. Um, like, cause I, I did a lot of text-based role play as well with Harry Potter. And like, so I have stories that I'm like, well, this is more canon than what actually happened in the book to me. Mm -hmm. Um, because this is what my experience with it. But honestly, like after this most recent spat with it, I'm, having a harder time um, being more accepting and being like, okay, well, it still is my home. Cause I'm like, is it though? Um, That's yeah. heartbreaking. I have a similar, for me, it's similar. This time around, it feels harder to claim it back. Um, also because I feel the more I read it, the more I acknowledge, the more I realize that also some people or some things in the book already were something where I'm like, where, where, where I'm like, why didn't I not see that when I was reading it? Clearly I was 16 when I read it. So that wasn't where I was, but I also read it like after I was 30 already. So I'm like, I could have noticed that Ron is actually a misogynist. I could have noticed and I'm still loving him. Like I, Ron is my favorite yeah. character in the books. And then, and I'm like, yeah, but he's really addicted to women and he's really like has a lot of misogynist traits. And I'm like, but I love him so much. Like it breaks my heart. And I'm like, I can now that's also my fear where I'm like, if I read it now, after like being um, aware of the fact that Cho Chang is really not very not non-racist, like like calling someone that's Asian Cho Chang is like, why didn't I not notice that this is kind of weird when I read it? And and there are so many things where I'm like, wow, I, I think I might have a really hard time reclaiming it back now when I would read it now. That's why I'm like, I don't think I can read it now because I am too worried that it will ruin it for me. And it was such a huge time in my life and gave me so much good that I'm like, I don't want her to ruin this for me. And I just, and that's why I'm like putting a, I put a pause on this for now. Mm -hmm because it was something truly important for me and it still is. I mean, I have her spell on my body and I kind of want the Deathly Hollow symbol still. So I'm like, I am not allowing her to take that away from me. Um, but also it's just really hard right now. 
and I'm not even the one who is affected by it. Like I'm not a transgender person mm. who who maybe looked for Solomon and looked for a place that they could belong when they were reading the books, and now she took that away from them. Like and 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 that's just I, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Um, and that's just where I'm like that's just really painful and really hurtful to to do to create such an issue with that because it never is about her not being able to be the woman that she is or her or, or women being undermined by the transgender movement. It's not, she's not the victim in that situation. She was a victim in, a, in another situation and in another constellation in her life. But what she's talking about has now has nothing to do with that. Um, and it's just sad that she doesn't see it. And it's really, I'm really sorry for everyone who has to deal with that. Um, who is a, transgender person and who lost something really dear to them when I'm already feeling like that I can't even imagine how they must be feeling now why why do you think she feels compelled to keep putting out these statements um it would be bad enough if they were stuck inside her head or if she just shared it with her husband or whatever mm -hmm. but why does she see herself as some sort of authority that can comment on this. I read this article that she put out. I don't know if you want to say something, Amanda. I don't want to hop right in there. <laughs> you go ahead, Monica. Mine, mine probably won't be nearly as educated an answer as yours. Well, that's <laughs> lies. Um, I did. I did read her because it all started with her posting about people who menstruate and say yeah they're what are they called women like su a super super stupid tweet and then people so like was super sarcastic and super like degrading already by how she wrote it um and then people already obviously went ahead and shit stormed her for this and then she went on a midnight twitter rant where i was like you're what 50 something and you start to post on twitter at midnight your time because you can't just keep your mouth shut have you learned nothing from from anything um so that happened and then she wrote this essay um to explain where she's coming from and i read it because i was like and i, I saw people post about it and they're like i just came like three sentences in and i already stopped it and i'm like i want to read this just because i want to read it and i want to see what she says about it and what i got from it was that her main issue in her life the main fear she she apparently she had bad experiences bad, bad experiences she was sexually assaulted and she was in an abusive relationship and all of that so she had really she had to go through shit in her life clearly a lot of people do um but what it what the the conclusion she made she pulled she made from that is that it sounds the the, the biggest fear she has seems to be against men so the, the the problem that she has is that she still sees transgender women as men and that the only thing that men do is uh, uh, predators because that's the only reason why that's what what it sounded like for me right so so she's worried that they are in the toilet together and she's putting women and girls in a position where they will be put in way more danger when you let um, transgender women into toilet rooms, for example, or give them access to wherever girls have access or women have access, um, which I'm like, 
yeah, but do they really? I mean, and also because especially in the UK, they want to make it possible that you can just claim that you're a woman and then you are a woman so what she sees there or what she seems to see there is that men will just randomly go to court or to wherever they can go claim they're a woman now then go to the female toilet and then they i don't know what they plan on doing there and i'm like yeah will they though like those people who go ahead and drape women or sexually assault women are those really the ones who claim that they're women to go into female toilets and make a bad place like give them like treat them horribly um and yeah i think she just feels that womanhood because of the transgender movement seems to be less important and she doesn't look as if she's able to see that both can be there at the same time like of course women and girls need needs lo need looking after because they've been discriminated not discriminated against but they've been oppressed and everything for years and years and years of course we have to fight this fight but that doesn't mean because we have to fight another fight as well that we can't fight together even though we're talking she can be the woman that she wants everybody identifies how they identify right but because right. someone else identifies as a woman doesn't mean that she can't be one anymore and she seems to put that on some as something competes competitive that competes against each other whereas i'm thinking it's not it's it's we're sitting in the same boat and we should ride that we should drive and try to navigate that boat together and not being like yeah but you want to go where i go and and i don't want you there and that's just all, and she put it in a way where it's just so threatening for every female um who is biologically female when um transgender people be there and go where and she claims that she knows so much because she did so much research about that and she knows like that's like i'm not a racist because i have a black friend that's basically her analogy that she has um yeah. i was thinking <laughs> that this horrible argument is the yeah. same argument people have about all the isms that are yeah. awful yeah. Like yeah feminism is awful because we're trying to take stuff away from men race you know racism because like you said, I have a black friend or, you know, they're coming for our jobs or whatever the heck it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And this whole argument that that a man is going to claim to be a woman just so he can go in a fucking bathroom and somebody right. is so ludicrous. And to me, it's the same thing as rape culture saying, oh, but there are all these women out there who are going to scream rape when they regret having sex with someone. And it's such bullshit because yeah, yeah. no one is going to scream rape every time they make a mistake. Yeah. You know, it's, oh, that's mine. Yeah. If that's, if that's that are her argument is just, I'll, I didn't read her essay, but when I saw the tweet that said something like I, I'm a woman and I've struggled with things. And so being a woman mean, I was like, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, I know. It's like the yeah. experience of a trans woman does not negate your experience as a woman. Like yeah. they are, they do not correlate. Yeah. They don't have anything to do with each other. So just shut the fuck up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really don't understand this world where everyone is all up in everybody's biz. You know, it's like, keep your eyes on your own paper. Stay mm -hmm. in your own lane. Stay, yeah. you know, live and let live. I don't know why. In the even crazier thing to me about this is this underlying theme through all of the books was about oppression 
and an ism, you know, the the pure bloods and mm -hmm. against creatures. She mm -hmm. had that running through all of her books and yet here yeah. she is. I know. I know. And that's oh, okay. The Gaily Prophet also said, like, it's unbelievable that someone who has this kind of views apparently made it po could write something like this still, because clearly they all also still love it and are. Oh, never clicks away. Oh, Hello. Oh, has joined. Here we go. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> I hope you got my message. Uh, my son decided to restart our router because he was having trouble <laughs> connecting himself. So I apologize for that. No problem. <laughs> no problem at all. Um, we should probably wrap up anyway. I've kept you guys a very long time. Um, so just as a wrap up before we get to like where people can find you and stuff, what, what would you say to that young girl who is starting to dig games, starting to dig comic books, whatever her thing is, and she can't seem to find someone in her own little circle to hang out with about that? What would, what would you say to her? Keep doing what you love, number one. Um, yeah, don't give up because there are other geeks out there, other other young girl geeks out there, even if they're not necessarily somewhere that you can find. Um, if you have a local comic book store, even not, if you're not into comics, go there and ask them for, um, for help uh, finding a community because they're actually really good. Most comic book stores also have like tabletop gaming facilities um, and they can they can guide you. They can tell you where to look. Also, I think in 2020, we already managed like 20 years ago to find someone online. So nowadays it's way easier to do that. So find something like look online, Google. There are forums still, I guess, or other platforms where you can find a community that that aligns with what you're doing. Maybe if you're a gamer, start finding Twitch streamers that do what you what you like to do. So um, there are family then, friendly streams out there. Just yeah. make sure you have that tag. Yeah. So yeah, if you're a younger younger girl, you can uh, check out communities of like you can check the game that you like, and then you can find um, if someone that you vibe with, and then if you, the person you already vibe with, the person that is streaming, then you can be quite certain about the fact that whoever joins his or they or her her is around them basically is someone that you also want to engage with i guess that's great advice both of them uh that's excellent so if people want to find geek caring where do they go where's the number one spot um you can find everything to do with geek caring at our website which is geekcaring.com um we're also on social media and twitch i love that homepage photo by the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was i was quite proud of my photoshop skills there yeah it was very, very fun it's very but, fun is it wasn't initially they had, had champagne in their hands <laughs> it's way better the way that money did it yeah. <laughs> well thank you ladies so much for talking with me today i sincerely appreciate it and so uh, having a zone yeah, thank you and so much. Here's to 7,000 more downloads, right? Thank you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <Woo -hoo. laughs>